Hello, I'm Scott Stoshman. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we, minus he, explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Nothing, nothing. I mean, nothing. We try. I don't want to bully Evan, because people say I bully Evan. I don't want to. (laughs) Uh, This is nothing. (laughs) Today we begin with the NCAA basketball tournament and this young man. You know, I remember watching March Madness, like live streaming in high school and middle school. Um, You know, just watching the intense games and telling myself I was going to be a part of that. I'm actually here. I mean, it's very exciting, but you got to put the excitement aside and just try to go out there and get the win. Duke has a strong fan base, but Scott, Zion Williamson appears to be making them even more nuts. Well, I've never felt so old, though. Did you catch that line, Bar? Yeah. Where he's like, in middle school, I was yeah. live streaming the NCAA tournament in school. I'm like, oh, come on. Man, come on. <laughs> OTT. Yeah, OTT. Yeah, I'm like, oh, come on, Zion. Oh. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, I, I spoke with a bunch of the Dukies on Wall Street for a story last week. And they all have their, they, you know, they, these are busy people, uh, including David Rubenstein. So, you know, he's busy, you know, co-founder of Carlisle Group. Oh, yeah. And they all have plans to go to the Final Four. <laughs> They're all like, keep my calendar clear. Oh. If Duke goes, we're going. And ready for a great dad joke, by the way, out of Rubenstein? Yeah. I've generally tried to avoid religious statements in public, he said to me, but I'm a committed Zionist. Thank you, David. <laughs> it's well, all about Zion Williamson. I tell you what, they almost didn't did you uh, catch, go. Did you catch the end of it? Oh, my goodness gracious. I thought my bracket was shot to smithereens. Well, that wouldn't be my bracket. It would be everybody's bracket. No. Well, like, nobody had 60%. UCF beating Duke. No, no. But I don't think anybody did anyway. Well, that's scary. Should have been a foul on the first shot. A little bump, but that's okay. Let, you know, let the kids let decide play. it. Let the kids decide it. Oh, but that putback. Oh, my Lord. On the hand. Other side of the rim. Oh. oh. <laughs> it was close. Oh Half, my goodness! All the you know, and the best part is, I, and I, and I say this all the time that that Duke is like Howard Stern, right? And that half people listen because they love him, and half the people listen because they hate him. Well, half people are watching because they're just rooting for Duke to lose at all at all costs, and to have that oh first shot oh rebound, <laughs> Whew, tough one. It's been a tournament that's kind of devoid of any major upsets. Chuck, right? I mean, baby, Chuck. If you if you're a Ken Palm fan out there, Ken Pomeroy's college basketball rankings. Uh, the top 14 teams in the, in the country are still in it. Um, we had the top, for CBS. top top three seeds yeah. in each regional. Um, really, the only outlier seed out there is number 12 Oregon, and, and most people I don't think of think of the Oregon Ducks as a as a Cinderella in that regard. Uh, and you're right, Scott, as you said. I mean, this is this is great news for TBS and for Turner and CBS. They only want so many like first round upsets yet, but you don't want the one and two seeds going out. Give me the five twelve. Exactly. That's cool, but yeah. no, no biggies, no and, big and brand names. People do like to talk about the Cinderellas, but as you said, you want these brand names in. You know, we're potentially looking at a you know Duke Michigan State matchup um in, in the elite eight my neighbor has a, a has a 20 foot spartan blow-up thing on his front lawn Amazing. we could see tom izzo's eyes <laughs> just bug out of yeah. his head unc kentucky potentially in the elite eight we have some 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 possible banner banner matchups coming up here and that's uh that's music to the ears for for cbs folks loved it love it i i tell you it's it's exciting to me 
You know, I see Tennessee blow a 25-point lead, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? I mean, this is exciting. I, I don't think it's been the, dull To at me, all. this is where Twitter has its greatest value. I think it's I, been dull. Because I'm – oh, yeah, it's <laughs> oh, been dull. You've had chalk the, the whole the, way with the, like, average, the, the Duke game was the first real exciting game. The average scoring margin's 14.3, I think. You know, right. that's that's the highest it's been in, in the past 20 years at this point. Well, you have to remember, this guy has a two-hour commute every day, so maybe dull has a different <laughs> definition from Michael Barr. Well, Killjoys, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, let's turn to uh, the football media landscape, where it looks like NFL Sunday Ticket may have finally outgrown its exclusive deal with DirecTV. Yeah, so I'm on the phone with Roger Goodell the other day, and, and we're talking about his hookup with Verizon and their new 5G partnership, what they're trying to accomplish, both for the at-home experience and in-stadium. What can 5G do? That's my buddy. You know, then we were just chatting, and I said, you know, well, you know, what's up with DirecTV? You've got your renewal. Where do you stand? Has it? And I'm really, really expecting Roger to to open up so much because you know how these negotiations are. But right. you know, he said, listen, um, we want it delivered on several different platforms. That says right there, it's not going to be just DirecTV wow. on the satellite. So the the NFL is looking to slice and dice a little further. Let's see uh, which. Platform will be the digital distribution. And by the way, that could stay in the family with AT&T. They have digital distribution as well. But when you start opening up to the Amazons of the world, that's an interesting bid process. Yeah, so just so our listeners understand this, this is the the DirecTV, the package that gets every single game no matter where you live, essentially. this is the, the It's been in DirecTV from a cable standpoint for a long time now. It is the biggest, I, I would believe, the biggest draw that DirecTV has in terms of, of drawing people. I, I mean, certainly know tons of people that are DirecTV when, subscribers. When this story hit the wire and then on Twitter, everybody was saying, this is why I have DirecTV. Exactly. It was exclusive to DirecTV. Um, NFL has an option to opt out of that deal after 2019. Um, you can certainly see a situation, and I would think this is the most likely, where where DirecTV kind of keeps its package on a non-exclusive basis, and then the NFL goes out and shops for a digital partner, you know, whether that is DAZN or Amazon, whatever. Facebook, as you said, there's a DirecTV now, so they have their own OTT platform themselves. You could see them maybe bidding for that and keeping the exclusivity kind of within the same AT&T umbrella. Am I correct in thinking that no matter what happens here, the NFL still kind of want to keep this, you know, this date in, in two or three years from now where everything is up, where they want to kind of reevaluate the entire options? I, I assume we're not going to see an eight-year deal here for the, for the digital rights to Sunday. Well, maybe you see an eight-year deal with a one-sided reopen, yeah, an option to terminate by, on the NFL's behalf. Yeah, it, the, the bidders will say, I'll do whatever the NFL wants, obviously. It's that value. The programming is that valuable to them. And well, wh- why is it that DirecTV, which, as we said, you know, AT&T has its own OTT through DirecTV, why is it that DirecTV, because they have the rights to these games right now, why is it that they don't also have the rights to, to move that onto digital? Well, but that's just not the distribution deal they signed. So, I mean, it's a new world order these days. Uh, this is a, a more than billion dollar property. Mm-hmm. So, and again, get, getting more valuable by the minute, as we see with every deal that this league signs. Uh, all the top programs are NFL games. The Super Bowl did well again. People want their NFL. Well, that's that's the point I was going to bring. You brought up the good point. It's like, well, what happens after 2019? Because why can't it just simply go like a like on your cable TV pack? I know I'm talking old school. But if it went to a cable TV package, I'm in because it's. I'm sure that the NFL would see increased revenue. I'm sure the cable providers. Why weren't would see you in for a satellite increased. package? Because I didn't want to spend money for a satellite. Okay. It's and that's my point. It's 
if you presented this on, I already have cable TV, so why do I want an, a satellite also? The well, you get rid of your cable TV and just go satellite. But but I like my cable TV. Oh, well, look, look at you. People <laughs> I'm are saying like, I like my cable. <laughs> the NFL is is very good at maximizing the money it gets for its uh, for its licensing and its rights. Uh, the truth is that it wasn't available, you know, to you on Verizon or you know cable vision or whatever because Directv was willing to pay so much money for the exclusivity that it was not worth it for the NFL to, to kind of keep slicing and dicing. Now, as the technology changes, it certainly seems as though the NFL is thinking, you know what? Maybe this exclusivity model is not the way to go. And because we have, you know, deep-pocketed bidders like an Amazon, certainly DAZN seems more than willing to open uh, open the checkbook uh, for, for live sports rights right now. Um, as that landscape changes, yeah, I think the NFL begins to rethink uh, its decision to, to sell exclusive bases. I, I like the young guy going, open the checkbook, an old-school reference like us. <laughs> Eben, you, have you, do you have a checkbook? I assume Len Blavatnik has a checkbook. Uh, I think it's just Apple Pay. You know, <laughs> Let me Apple Pay you a billion dollars. There you go. Who wants Venmo? Oh, billion. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot more than over. <laughs> well, let me uh, get to my rotary phone and bring up this final one that's coming here. This we, love, topic, we love this one. This is uh, David West. Uh, you remember him? He oh used to gosh. be uh, NBA Ford, now retired. And there has been a court ruling, and he's not happy. About Again, it. we we do these, and Evan loved this one. He pointed this one out to start because not because it's like one of the biggest stories of the week. What it's interesting. But it's just parts of sports and business that you would never think, like, wait a minute, how do the two connect on this? So we'll let Eben take it away, but it's just like, oh, wow, even this touches sports. Yeah, this one was is, is pretty shocking to me. Uh, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, last week uh, ruled that David West, who had apparently claimed uh, that he lost $1.4 million uh, in salary as a direct result of the BP uh, Deepwater Horizon oil spill, uh, they ruled that he was not entitled to that money. Uh, and diving into some of the media coverage, uh, it sounds as though David West, who was playing in New Orleans at the time, um, his contract had him getting paid $1.4 million less in 2010, the year after this bill, than 2009, the, the season before it. Um, and he claimed that that had a, some kind of direct result because of the oil spill. Uh, and he won in a lower court. And then last week, a higher court of appeal said, you know what? This is not. We, we, there's no evidence well, here read, read that the, quote. the, the, the quote oil here. spill. Right, I don't here. know the quote. Yeah, I'm going to give it. Had any real effect? Where received, is it here? Here's the quote from the ruling, directly from the ruling. He received every penny specified in that contract, both before and after the spill. David West, unable oh. to prove that the oil spill directly cost him 1.4 million dollars. Reading between the lines, I, I, I assume his claim was that the uh, the Pelicans at the time yeah. that, that was the basketball team. Um, that they were directly affected by it, and because his employer was directly affected by it, his salary change could theoretically be tied to it, but it also sounds like his contract just said, hey, in 2010, you're going to get a little bit he less money. He got what he was supposed to get. Um, I think the Pelicans got some money, not as much as they wanted. And I, I, don't, I don't understand how this won on an earlier court of appeals that maybe this the, the later one had more access to the contract etc uh, i think this is awesome though what a great what a great attempt well, didn't the tampa bay <laughs> lightning didn't they have a, a similar ruling they they're going to get some money it's like 700 something thousand yeah. dollars but it's not what they wanted right and and, and again all tied to the bp oil yeah, but spot. who would think that these franchises and these players would have a connection to the bp oil spill like everything touches sports somehow. That's why we wanted to bring it up to say even this touches franchises and players.
I mean, I get fisheries, but I, I didn't. Yeah, I would get fisheries. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Maybe David West is a fisherman. Yeah, if, I, in if, I'm an oyster, if I'm an oysterman and and somewhere uh, in you know in the lakes down there, I, I see a point. Oh, <laughs> you're you're a pearl, regardless. Oh, I see what you did there. Wow, uh, this <laughs> is the Bloomberg. Bowing his head. <laughs> this is the Bloomberg business. <laughs> Don't judge me. This is the Bloomberg business of sports podcast. I'm Mike Labar, along with Scott Sosnick. And Evan Novi Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the president and COO of the Golden State Warriors, Rick Welts. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online where you get your podcasts.